Welcome to season two of Motivate Me, a show where we interview people who have incorporated a passion into their lives in order to inspire you, my fellow motivators, to do the same. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting in a home that was built in what year, Erin? Uh, 1893 is our best estimate. Okay, in a home that was built in 1893, and I am on a farm, and the name of the farm is? This is the 1900 farm at Living History Farms. Okay, so do me a favor. Introduce yourself to my audience first. Tell them your name. Erin uh, Sievers. And Erin, what is your passion here? My passion is really cooking and talking to a lot of different people about how things were in the 19th century and sort of where we come from and what that means about where we are at. Okay, and tell everybody your name and what it is that you love so much about being here. My name is Kelly Klein and um, I love being here because I get an opportunity to connect people um, with animals that they might not get to encounter other places in their lives. Not very many people um, have that family farm that they can go to anymore and, and get to meet the animals and so being able to um, teach people things that they never thought about before, give people those those close encounters like milking a cow with animals that they might not get anywhere else is um, really exciting for me. And I just want to let my audience know what actually happened, okay? Jersey Girl met farm this morning and I milked a cow for the first time, which I had no idea the udders were going to be warm and everything was going to be warm. And I, I have to say, I was pretty proud of myself in, in at least being able to quickly understand how to get the milk out. Although I probably, it would have taken me pretty much six hours just to do a <laughs> gallon of milk. I think I'm not an expert. I, I need a uh, growth in that area, but I, so I got to do that and I got to brush um, some mules, mm -hmm. which was cool. And then you gave us an amazing tour here in this home and taught us how to churn the butter, <laughs> literally <laughs> churn the butter. So that was really interesting too. So Aaron, tell me, how did this passion begin for you? Like, how did you find yourself here? Um, I sort of happened into it. I have um, an undergraduate degree in history, but I um, didn't study Iowa history. I grew up in Illinois, and so I hadn't known a whole lot about Iowa history. Um, and then I did a graduate degree in um, recreation parks and tourism, which really kind of uh, led me to this place. And somebody said, hey, Erin, there's a job at this really awesome place we think you'd like. Um, why don't you apply? And I did, and I've been here ever since, and I really enjoy talking to people who come from all over the world about um, food, about agriculture, about their family farms or their memories on the farm, about technology in regards to how impactful the train was on a farmstead and that sort of thing. And, and so that's kind of how I approached the job. Can you tell everybody what you're wearing right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing what is called a 1900 wrapper. It is a, a long cotton calico dress, and it's got buttons up the front. It's got sleeves that have buttons. It's long sleeve and apron, which is daily attire for us in the 19th century. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. We come to work, and we um, are ready for the 19th century. Let me see your boots. 
they're just pretty standard. Shoe boots. Yeah, they're just pretty standard brown boots, the way that they would have uh, riding style boots in 1900. Okay, so Kelly, tell us how you ended up here. Sure, yeah. Um, I, if you had asked me that question um, four years ago, I never would have said I'd be working in a museum ever. Um, I have a degree in animal Which science. Which this does not feel like a museum. It doesn't. And, I mean, it and is, but it's a, it's a living, working, breathing museum. We like people to get that feeling, to get mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you're, you're learning history without realizing you're mm -hmm. learning history. Um, and I kind of get to teach history without realizing I'm teaching history. So I uh, thought I wanted to be a vet. I went to school. I was a pre-vet student. And in my last year of pre-vet undergrad, I decided I did not want to apply to vet school. It wasn't the right choice. And I started a graduate program in agricultural education. So um, learning about how to teach people about agriculture, I kind of figured out that I didn't want to teach in a classroom. That was too confined for me. But um, the non-formal, um, non-traditional education setting fit my style of teaching a little bit better. And as I was finishing up that program, I happened to stumble across this job and I went, oh, I could learn history. If it means I get to teach people about agriculture, sure, yeah, I could do that. And I had a little bit of draft horse experience and a little bit of experience working with oxen from, from my animal science degree. Um, and that kind of made me a pretty unique fit for this position. So that's kind of how I found myself here. So I'm curious. Now we know there's a <laughs> lot of challenges, right, in, in the 19th century. What do you guys find as your biggest challenge working here on the farm? Erin? Trying to get everything done in one day, um, probably. And I think that's something that hasn't stopped no matter what century you're in, is there's just all this stuff to always get done in a small amount of time to do it. But the processes here are a lot slower. Like we were churning butter, yeah. and, and it's like, like you said, to make a cake, you would first need to do this. Yeah. A, a little bit of, of that sort of thing. But to be completely honest with you, personally, I don't take heat very well. And so my longest days, my challenges are um, long days on the farm in the middle of July. You said you were from New Jersey, and I have no idea what the weather is like there, but I think of it as coastal. Here in Iowa, in the end of July, it can be 100 degrees with 70% humidity and it is just <laughs> hot. Yes, it gets very sticky here. I've been here for that. We have some days like that in okay. New Jersey, but not a lot. Okay. What are your challenges, Kelly? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I really have become a farmer since I started working here. I care a lot about the weather, um, and I fuss a lot about the weather, and um, the weather is never doing what I would like it to be doing. Um, and then kind of that process-oriented um, challenge of doing things the 19th century way. It means working with our, our draft horses and our draft mules and working at their pace to get farm work done. And so um, I may only have one good day of field work weather, but the um, work may take me longer than a day because of our processes. So I think um, weather tends to be one of my uh, challenges here just because we're exposed to and at the mercy of it so often. You know, you guys both started with very different backgrounds, which I think is great because as a team, you, you really work well together. But what kind of things did you learn about yourselves once you got in this environment? I've become a professional extrovert. I, I never would have said before I started working here that I was an extroverted person. You know, I didn't really like meeting new people or talking to, talking to strangers. And now um, 
I realize you do. I realize <laughs> I, I catch myself like in social settings outside of work, just talking to people and not even introducing myself. Because and I'm like, oh, sorry. By the way, I'm Kelly. I'm just I talk to people for a living, and it's not uncomfortable for me. So that's something that I've I've seen as a huge area of growth for myself cool. being here. What about you? Um, I think it's the gaining of new skills and really feeling. Um, confident in some of those things that I never really would have. I mean, I can bake bread from scratch on a wood-burning stove, and I can churn out a pie in half an hour if I need to. And it's it's just sort of coming to that realization that have, you do have some of those skills or some of those skills can be learned. If you practice, if you just do a little bit of trial and error and um, go ahead and, and try it out, and I don't know, maybe you'll be good at it. Yeah, well, and that's my next thing. You know, I, my, I'm all about getting people to act. So you guys found positions and a, and a place in your life that seems like it really suits you. And it's totally unique. I mean, you're living in the, in the 19th century all day long. <laughs> yes. We and then you get, get in your car. And, and, yeah, then we you get in your really car and you drive home. home. Exactly. Take worlds. the shower. Use the electricity. <laughs> Go through drive through I, yeah. mean. <laughs> I mean, surf the internet. And it's great. We don't have to sit in front of a computer all day. So when I get home, I can kind of feel like I can do some of that and it's really it's great to come out and slow down one of the things you know we both talk about weather as being a challenge which is interesting because it's something that's outside of your control but I think the thing that Kelly was mentioning it earlier you really get in tune with the seasons and here in Iowa we get those four distinct seasons mm -hmm. so we're in the middle of beautiful spring right now summer can be challenging winter can be challenging um, but you really get in tune with the Oh, it's spring. It's exciting. It's 70 degrees and that's a lot of effort. And then you have you you do your long summer, but then fall comes and then you're excited about that. And so um, in a way that in our modern life, we don't always pay attention to that. We go from air conditioned cars to air conditioned buildings and you don't always notice that we really get in tune with it out here. So if we want to inspire people to get in tune with it in their daily life, which yeah. means they would have to separate a little bit from maybe some Internet, maybe yeah. some air conditioning. What can they envision their life being like that? What can they envision bringing into their lives if they can do that? So one of the things that I like about seasons and how we work in seasons on the farm is each season brings a chance for something different. So spring is about renewal and, you know, everything's starting to grow on the farm. And as you go through the different seasons, you kind of get a chance to... Um, do something different. It's a different season. I'm going to approach it with a different attitude. And maybe Kelly has different insight as well. But I know that I approach seasons of, okay, it's spring. We got through winter. What can we do to make spring good? And then by the time we get to summer, I'm like, okay, spring's done. We're ready for summer. Yeah, it's kind of that allowing things to change and allowing that season to end and moving into something new and, and the next step. And um, especially on a farm where we're thinking about that in, in terms of processes and planting and harvesting and things. There's a set list of tasks that happen with each season, and when you get out of that season, you don't have to think about those tasks anymore. Once I get into fall, if I've put enough hay for the winter away, I don't have to think about loading hay again for nine months. And that's got to feel really satisfying. It does. It does. So being able to kind of break those those um, all of the things that it takes to run a farm like this into those little manageable pieces, and then you don't have to worry about all of it at once. So how do you think people can explore this in their own lives to slow it down and bring it back a little bit? Talk about Throwback Thursday. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe unplug on Thursdays. If you're throwing back, throw it back to the 1900s and unplug. Um, or I think I encourage people out here a lot to just learn a skill or learn, learn one of those historic skills like we were talking about, baking bread from scratch or... Um, we've gotten people out here interested in knitting. You know, they'll see us knitting and they'll go, oh my gosh, that's actually kind of cool. I want to learn how to do that. 
My grandma um, used to do that, and I never learned how, but now I kind of want to. So yeah, I think get, taking a moment to connect with one of those historic skills that's not technology-based could be a good way to think about that, maybe. Even so, something like cooking um, a home-baked meal, which it some families do, some families don't. It really depends on where you're at and what your life looks like at any given time. But uh, taking the time to bake a cake from scratch with a cookbook and and take it from don't check your email while you're doing it. Don't worry about what's going on. I mean, I tell myself I'm a better, I, I'm a good cook at home, but I'm a better cook out here because I have to pay attention to the fire and I have to pay attention to the food and just really being mindful of what you're doing in that moment. I think that's a great first step. For Do everybody. what you're doing is what I, I tell some of my new staff here on the farm. When you're learning those, those skills and those processes, don't think about something else or worry about something else. Just Think about what you're doing, do what you're doing, and then that'll make you better at it. You talk about how long our processes take, and one of the things I think that I've come to conclude is, but you just got to do it. So I come in every day, and I cook, and I, I set aside probably an hour just to in food preparation to teach people about historic food waste and things like that, and it's just setting aside that hour where I'm not trying to do other things. And don't get me wrong, sometimes that is hard to do, because we live in a modern world, and we have lots of um, other influences, but um, really taking the time to do that. Okay, so that sounds like a really good first step, though, is to get people, bring it back, to even just to start by having uh, a meal that you could make from scratch. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great start. So how can people find you here? <laughs> um, at Living History Farms, you can, we're open from the 1st of May until mid-October to general visitors. Um, seven days a week until after the Iowa State Fair, which is mid-August, and then um, Wednesdays through Sundays after that, uh, you can just come and get a ticket and tour through not only the 1900 farm, but a 1700 Iowa farm, an 1850 Iowa farm, an 1875 Iowa town to really learn about all of those different time periods. The information's on our website, which is livinghistoryfarms.org, and um, that's probably the easiest way to us. And before I let you go, I need to know what is your favorite modern technology? Gosh, when you have to give up everything during the day, it does make you appreciate what you have. Um, I think the one I usually will pull out with the kids most often when we talk about it is indoor plumbing. The, the ability, I mean, we have a pump in the kitchen, but you still have to dump the water outside. Just having a drain is, is kind of a big deal. So indoor plumbing is mine. <laughs> and, and mine as well. And I come at it from the standpoint of I like that modern shower. I like um, some of that. And it's an interesting that you ask that question because if you ask that question of a whole bunch of third graders, you would be shocked of how much an Xbox or a, a TV is what they think they would miss the most if they went back to 1900. Um, and sure, I mean, I love being on my phone and I love how technology um, opens communication and opens um, travel so that I can fly to across the country in a day as opposed to taking a wagon or a train. Yeah, that's great. But as far as everyday life, a shower is pretty important. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. It was great. It was awesome to get educated, and I loved meeting the animals. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it was a fabulous day. I really great. appreciate it. Thank you. Visit our website, MotivateMePodcast.com, for links to all of our social media, for our Motivate Me YouTube channel, where we're posting video of our trip, and for an application to be on the show. There is also Motivate Me merchandise on our site, as well as the ability to contribute a tank of gas or more to our road trip if you so desire.
There are 191 episodes in season one, and season two is going to consist of the journey my crew and I experience as we travel around each of the 50 states interviewing people about passion. When we return, those episodes will air, and that will be season three. So let us take you on this journey, and let us motivate you to take action in your own life. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. This enables us to reach out to more of you. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along.